Last year, when it came to Mother's Day, Pastor Brendan spoke in our morning service and he brought an excellent sermon in keeping with the day. Uh, The title was, Jesus Caring for His Mother. In 2017, I spoke on Mother's Day, but I declined to bring a sermon about motherhood and instead continued in our series in the Gospel of Luke. I, I preached on Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. The year before that, 2016, Pastor Brendan spoke on Mother's Day and brought a sermon in his series on the book of Philippians. And that's as far back as I've tried to remember I mention this in order to make the point that I haven't given what you might call a Mother's Day sermon in a number of years. And that's probably because I'm a little fearful of addressing the topic. Now there is an easy way to approach it. Uh, A pastor can reinforce the biblical imperatives to honour and care for our mothers. And there's nothing scary about preaching that. But the more difficult approach to the subject is to talk about what the Lord expects of mothers. Uh, No pastor I know likes the idea of giving a hard word to mums. It's much easier to challenge the dads. I suspect there is an expectation that the preacher will talk about motherhood on Mother's Day. And if I fail to meet that expectation in years past... Uh, I don't really feel bad about that, Uh, but I am going to talk about motherhood today, and I am going to take the more difficult approach. With that said, what I'm going to talk about is not just for mothers or for women, Uh, there is truth here for all of us, Uh, so nobody has permission to fall asleep or to check Facebook on their iPhone. Now the title for the sermon this morning is, The Power of a Wise Woman. And our text is just one verse from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 1, which says, Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Let's pray. Our great God and Heavenly Father, we need your help today. Uh, We need your help to understand your word We need your help to receive it, to take it into our hearts. And uh, even more, we need your help to go from here and apply what you have to say to us. So we humbly ask for that help. We ask that your Holy Spirit would uh, do his good work uh, in our minds and in our hearts. And this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. As you can see in the order of worship, my outline this morning is very simple. Three questions. Uh, The first sets up the message. Uh, It's the premise from which the rest of the sermon flows. And it's this, uh, speaking to the women in the room today, and especially the mothers, uh, do you realise how much power you have? Uh, You might not think you have a lot of power, but implicit in this text is the truth that you do. Allow me to explain. Now, we talk a lot about the role that men play in the family as husbands and fathers, and rightfully so. Uh, the Bible makes it clear that men are responsible under God for leading and providing for their families. 
Many of the social problems our community is grappling with today are in large part attributable to the failure of men to fulfil their God-given responsibilities. Men have failed to be good husbands and good fathers. Families everywhere have broken down and whole generations of children have suffered. Now we're dealing with a second and third generation of children who are being raised without fathers with barely any positive male influence within their family circle. We are familiar with what the Bible says about the role of men, and we are familiar with this critique. But what's interesting about this text is what it says about women and the family. The Holy Spirit, by the pen of Solomon, says that women build the house and women can tear it down. The word house in this context refers to the household, to the family. It refers to the marriage relationship and the children, to the running of the house and the finances. Really, it refers to all of the relationships, the activities and the responsibilities that you find in a home. And a woman, the wife, the mother, she can build her house. That is, she can encourage and edify her husband She can nurture her children such that they grow and develop into happy, healthy men and women who realise their potential. She can contribute to the financial stability and prosperity of the home. She can lift up the family's reputation in the eyes of the community. She can make the home a place of safety and peace and joy. There are a thousand different ways, big and small, that a woman can build up her house. She actually has tremendous power. She has immense influence in the home. It's not just men. Women share in this privilege and in this responsibility. And praise God, it's a wonderful design. A woman can build and she can also destroy The imagery in our verse is rather picturesque. It's of a woman pulling down the walls of her house brick by brick with her bare hands. The emphasis is on her personal culpability. As one author explains, the expression with her hands underscores that the destruction of her family and property is due to her own incompetence. That is, her arrogance and incorrigibility, poor speech, hot temper... And lack of self-control. Women can do just as much damage in the home as men can. The wife, the the, the mother, she, she can misdirect. She can mismanage and stifle and discourage and neglect and hurt. She can bruise the soul of her husband. She can break the spirit of her children. She can fritter away the family finances. She can she can mess everyone up. Charles Bridges, writing in 1846, commenting on our text, put it this way, uh, her wisdom may supply many of his defects. And that's true. Uh, All of the the married men in the room would heartily agree. Her wisdom may supply many of his defects, while all the results of his care and prudence may be wasted by her folly. You see, it cuts the other way as well. Your mother left an indelible imprint on you. In some sense, she set the course of your life. 
You are in large part the product of her influence. And I hope it was mostly good. But let's not kid ourselves this morning. That's not always the case, is it? We hold our mothers in high esteem as we should, but sometimes they didn't get it right. Sometimes they didn't do right by us and we live with the consequences. If you think about the impact your mother had on your life, then you realise that what I'm saying is true. You recognise that what this verse tells us is true. Women, wives, mothers have great power. And Solomon presents us with a contrast here. There is the woman who uses her power for good and the woman who uses it for ill. The contrast drawn in this verse is one that runs through the whole book of Proverbs. The contrast between the wise and the foolish. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. Which one are you? That's the question this proverb is supposed to generate in our minds when we read it. Ladies, uh, mums, today is a good day to ponder this proverb and consider this question. Am I a wise woman who's building my house? Or am I a foolish woman who's tearing it down? Then you might be wondering, well, you know, I think I'm doing okay, but, but how would I know? Uh, Compared to a lot of mothers out there in the community, I I seem to be doing pretty well. And maybe that's the case, but we have to assess ourselves by the truth. But by what God tells us, and as I've already intimated, the book of Proverbs is all about this. It's all about wisdom and folly. And so let's see what it has to say. That brings us to question number two in our outline. Who is the foolish woman? There's an awful lot of material in the book of Proverbs that defines and describes the foolish person. I'm going to limit our study this morning to just five characteristics. We'll move through these fairly quickly. Number one, the foolish woman has a mouth problem. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 18, He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander, is a fool. Deceit and gossip. These characterise the speech of a fool. They're not honest. They speak speak ill of people behind their backs. We know how poisonous this can be to relationships and we also know the damage it can do when children hear their mothers and their fathers speaking this way. It sets such a poor example and, and as they grow older the children see the hypocrisy of their parents. They hear the slander at home and then see their parents smiling and being nice when they're with that person they've spoken ill of. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 6 A fool's lips enter into contention and his mouth calleth for strokes. A foolish person likes to Argue. That's what this verse means. They can't seem to help themselves. Uh, the foolish woman argues with her husband. She argues with the school teachers. She gets into arguments on Facebook. And it doesn't take a genius to recognize the harm this does in the home. If you want to tear your family down, then argue all the time. She has a mouth problem and 
And then number two, the, the foolish woman has an anger problem. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 11. A fool uttereth all his mind, but a wise man keepeth it in till afterwards. Uh, this is the idea of, of venting, of, of letting all of those angry sentiments flow out. Uh, instead of exercising self-control, the fool speaks his mind, speaks all of those hurtful words. They just tumble out. And again, it's not hard to see the negative effect a wife and a mother will have on her home if this is what she's like. If she has no rule over her anger and over her feelings of frustration, if she's always raising her voice and putting people down and speaking harshly. Number three, the foolish woman won't listen to other people. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. Here is another one of those classic contrasts in a single verse. The the wise person seeks out and follows the counsel of others, but the foolish person, they don't, because they're convinced that they know what's best. Their way is the right way, and in fact, they usually get irritated when someone gently offers a suggestion or challenges them even slightly about what they're doing. There's a lot of wisdom that can improve the way we do things. Help us be better husbands and wives, better parents, better employees, better Christians. There is a a whole lot of help available to make good decisions for our families. And the woman who won't receive that wisdom, who won't avail herself of that help, is a fool. And she does her loved ones a great disservice. The foolish woman won't listen to other people. And then number four... She is a person who returns time and again to things that are harmful. Proverbs chapter 26 verse 11. As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. This is almost the definition of foolishness by itself. We know something is harmful to us. We know the consequences that it will bring into our lives and yet we go back to it over and over and over again. For some it might be alcohol. Uh, For them it only brings chaos and hurt into the home and yet they go back to it time and again. It might be a problem with credit cards or online shopping or gambling or multi-level marketing schemes or or social media. It, It might be something that's not technically sinful, but it's folly because if we participate in that activity, if we get involved, it always leads to strained relationships and to unhappiness. Everyone in the home suffers when mom or dad gets involved in that thing again. The woman who knows she should stay away from whatever it is, but chooses not to, is foolish. And when she does return to that thing, it's like she's tearing down the walls of her house with her bare hands. The fifth and final characteristic of the foolish woman that I want to point out this morning is the one that matters most. It's really the one from which all the others flow Uh, This is one of the key themes of the the whole book. The the, the foolish person is ultimately the one who is self-reliant, not 
God-reliant. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 26. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. Uh, This is so countercultural, isn't it? This flies in the face of just about every movie that Hollywood has made in the last 10 or 20 years. Uh, The message in the movies is, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Look deep down inside of you and you'll find the answers. You'll find out who you are and what you ought to do. God calls the person who does that a fool. Uh, Following your heart is folly and folly in the extreme. And that's because our hearts are fallen. Our capacity to know and to do what is right is not just lacking a little, it's completely broken. The, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Our nature, our inclination is to make bad choices and that's why we need to trust in the Lord. And submit our will to him. Uh, What is right and good for me and for my family is not found inside of me. It's found in God. And in the revelation of his will. A foolish woman is one who might say she believes this. She believes what the Bible says about her own heart. About her own capacity to make good decisions. And yet she still chooses to go her own way. She still chooses not to do what God says and instead does what she thinks is best. She doesn't submit to God. She doesn't trust him. Rather, she trusts herself and her own judgment. And the consequences for herself and her family are always bad. This never leads to joy. This never leads to flourishing in the home. This is always bad for marriages and for children. Proverbs chapter 16 verse 25. There is a way that seemeth right unto a man or a woman, but the end thereof are the ways of death. These characteristics define the foolish woman in our text. And perhaps now you're better placed to answer the question the proverb poses. Is this me? Is this what I'm like? Is this how I behave? Is this my mouth? Do I have an anger problem? Do I refuse to listen to others? Is this the effect I'm having on my family? One or more of these traits resonate with you. If the Holy Spirit by his word is pressing you, then today is a good day to do something about it. To repent. To confess your failings to the Lord and to your loved ones. Today is a good day to ask for forgiveness and and to resolve by God's grace to change. To not be foolish. To not tear down, but to build up. I'm sure that's what you want to do. I'm sure that's the effect you want to have on those you love the most. This is the foolish woman in our text. And it would be remiss of me if I didn't talk about her opposite. And so we come to the third and final question in the outline. Who is the wise woman? What is she like? What kind of person should I strive to be? We could take the five characteristics of the foolish woman and talk about the opposite of each one and we'd have our description. 
And I'm going to do that, but I'm going to mention just three. Three defining characteristics of the wise woman according to the book of Proverbs. Number one, she has control over her mouth and uses it for good. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 19, In the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. It's a good verse, isn't it? When people talk too much, there is often something sinful said. There is gossip or slander or vulgarity. And so the person who doesn't talk too much, the the person who is careful about their words, about when they speak and about how much they say, that person is wise. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 7, The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doeth not so. When a wise person does speak, they usually have something good to say. Something appropriate, something helpful, something that benefits others. They impart knowledge. This is the wise woman. With the help of the Holy Spirit, she rules over her tongue. She doesn't talk too much. And when she does speak, it's a blessing to her husband and her children. It, 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 it builds them up. Now, wouldn't it be great to have a mouth like this? She has control over her mouth and uses it for good. And then, number two, the wise woman listens to other people and receives instruction. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 8. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a prating fool shall fall. And then a verse we've already looked at, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise. A wise woman listens in church. She listens to the sermon with an open mind and an open heart. She wants to receive God's commandments. She wants to know what God's word says so she can apply it to herself and apply it in the home and so bless her family. She listens to wise people, people with experience, people who know more about certain subjects than she does. She is open to suggestions. She doesn't recoil when she is lovingly challenged about something she is doing. And in listening to others, in learning more, in taking on board what others say, she does things better and she builds her house. Now, it's a silly illustration, and I'll pick on the dads this morning. Uh, Dad might have a dish that he likes to cook for the family, but in truth, uh, it's not so great. Uh, It doesn't taste good, the kids don't like it, they suffer through it. Uh, Dinner becomes a very stressful experience for everyone when Dad cooks that dish. Now, there is a recipe book on the shelf. It happens to have a recipe for that dish that dad likes to cook. It has a couple of different ingredients, a slightly different method. And when it's followed, the dish tastes great. It's it's beautiful. A wise dad would seek and receive that counsel, wouldn't he? He would read the recipe, follow it. And in so doing, cook a dish that tastes much better. And his family would love it. And dinner would be a much happier experience for everyone. Now that that counsel, that input from someone else would help dad be a better dad. 
Help him bless his family. But a foolish dad would refuse to look in the recipe book. He would be obstinate and proud. He'd continue to do it his way and his family would continue to suffer through his cooking. Again, it's a silly illustration. But I trust you see the point. A wise woman listens to other people and receives instruction. And her family is all the better for it. And this brings us to the third and final characteristic, and it's the most important. This is the one that encapsulates the message of the whole book of Proverbs. Number three, the wise woman is God-reliant, not self-reliant. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Don't depend on your own understanding. Don't rely on your own judgment, but trust in the Lord. Acknowledge him, give way to him, do what he says. God knows more than we do, doesn't he? He knows the beginning from the end. He knew us before we were knit together in our mother's womb. When we know who God is, when we have some sense of his attributes and of his disposition towards us, it just makes sense to trust him, to to do things his way. It's wisdom. And that's what a wise woman does. She trusts in God. She trusts her saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, who loves her more than anyone else does, who went all the way to the cross to save her from sin and from the judgment that is to come. She commits herself to him and that manifests itself in a life of surrender. So ladies, mums, Are you a wise woman? Not, are you doing better than others? Not, are you keeping up with what the world expects of you? Not, are you managing to present a happy family on social media? But, are you a wise woman? As God defines it. For that's what your family needs. Every wise woman buildeth her house... But the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. May God bless his word today. And may God bless you. Amen.